Welcome to the Believe Podcast, a conversation between friends over a passage of scripture. I'm Carolyn Kirsten. And I'm Marvin Williams. And today is episode 42. We are looking at John chapter 17, verses 1 through 19. All right, we're, we're back at it. And um, so cool to be back uh, at it again to Absolutely. talk about the Word of God. So so what, what do you have in your cup? Oh, <laughs> it's a little hot water. Okay. Uh this was, With, it has, it, the, we're not talking about alcohol or anything no, like no, that. No, no, so just... no. It's water, and I um, found this product I like, Liquid IV. It's just a little powder, little electrolyte. Okay. You add it, you know, it's flavor, like lemony lime. Just okay. Just mix the, and in theory, well, and it says, it promises to be a hydration multiplier. Okay. So what, is, what does that mean, a hydration multiplier? I really don't know exactly. <laughs> I should probably look at the packaging more closely. But I think the idea is, okay, so I drink this full 20 ounces, but it really is like drinking 40 ounces of water. I think it, I okay. think it doubles right. your hydration. I don't know. Hydration multiplier. That sounds right. I believed okay. the ad, right. Marvin. Right. I believed okay. the ad. Well, listen, I, and again, I, we, we, I think we eat things and drink things to make our lives better and, you know, to, to make our lives more, you know, to strengthen us and those kinds of things. And I, I think there's something inside of us that we are looking for, searching for. You know, we go to the gym, we work out, we eat our vegetables and those kinds of things because we, we want to prolong our lives. We right. want to, I would like to live a long time. And I'm quite sure a lot of other individuals do as well. So when you hear the phrase eternal life, like I'm mm -hmm. quite sure other people like I want to live a long, in fact, I want to live forever. So what, what, what do you think about when you hear the phrase eternal life? Yeah. The, well, the first thing that comes to mind is John three sixteen. Okay. Very famous verse. All right. Uh, and those who believe in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Okay. And that, Eternal means forever. So okay. like live forever with Jesus in heaven. Okay. All right? right? Isn't That's, that? I, I, it, it, would you like to live forever? Um, well, not, it depends my, how the state of my body. Okay. Like I don't want to be <laughs> decrepit or okay. incapacitated and in living forever, but if a healthy, youthful Eternity forever, sure. Okay, all right. Yeah. You know, I, I think there is something, I think it's so attractive when we hear the word eternal life and everlasting life because there's something inside of us. I think God has already built in us the, um, the sense of living forever, mm -hmm. okay? So that's, that's one way to think about eternal life, but... But Jesus says something about eternal life in this passage that I think is super, super important yeah. that goes way beyond living forever and ever and ever. So he, what, what does he say in 17 verse 3? Yeah. So it says, this is eternal life, colon, <laughs> which I think is significant. Like English majors here. So yes, that's important. You, so a definition is following. This is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. So no mention of forever in heaven. Exactly. There. This is eternal life is knowing God. Wow. 
See that, and that, that that's a new, that's a, that's something new probably for people who are listening right now. Mm-hmm. Is that when you know maybe you've heard eternal life or everlasting life is okay. I just can't wait to get out of here so I can live forever with Jesus and golden slippers and and golden streets and and tiaras and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm just kidding. So <laughs> so, but but Jesus says something different here. He yeah. says knowing God and knowing Jesus is what it means to live forever or to for eternal life. So, what is he talking about here? Well, if it's not a after I die forever thing, exclusively, th- th- I think that means that we can experience eternal life right now. Yeah. This knowing God can be a part of our lives right now as we know him, see him in our present circumstances, yeah. experiencing him. It's not a when you die eternal life thing. It's a right now abundant life that God offers us. Now, it does include, it does include after we die, and that comes with a relationship with Jesus, but it doesn't just mean that. Yes. It means this abundant life that Jesus talks about, a quality of life Mm -hmm. now that I can experience, um, and it will be a foretaste of um of what i will experience you know forever yeah. uh, when i when i die yeah, it's like a depth of knowing him now yeah yeah and seeing him at work yeah yeah i think we use the phrase sometimes looking at something from an eternal perspective which i think that's an element of this eternal life like if an eternal perspective means okay my circumstance if i view it in light of all of forever Sometimes helps me get a little more not so worked up about this one situation or this um, particular relationship that's having a struggle. Looking at it from an eternal perspective is an element of that, like, okay, so how do I see God in what I'm going through right now? How is he providing? How is he at work? How is he strengthening me? All of that is part of that eternal life experience. Man, I, I love that. We, you know, last episode we talked about how I think this is part of the eternal thinking. The, the world doesn't know how, how sorrow is turned and transformed into joy. Yeah. The very thing that causes pain is the very thing that causes joy. And Jesus is saying, even in that situation, this is just one sliver of you being able to experience joy in the midst of sorrow now, looking forward to one day, where there will be no more sorrow. And so Jesus says, hey, Carolyn, hey, Marvin, I'm going to give you a taste of that, of what you will experience forever. So I'm going to take the pain that you're in, and I'm going to transform it into uh, joy. And the world will look at you and say, why are you laughing? Why are you so excited in the midst of that? And then we get a chance to talk about, because I know God, Mm -hmm. and I know Jesus, and I believe in him, let me tell you about him. He's the one that's actually transforming this. And so I love this idea that um, that you broached of, of eternal life, a quality of life, a, an abundant life, a, a, a perspective of life that we can experience now as a precursor and even a foretaste of what we live, will experience mm-hmm. uh, in the in the forever in the forever realm. So, mm-hmm. um, so I love that. I love the right off the bat. Jesus starts this off with giving us this yeah. this great picture of eternal life. 
And I realize we probably should back up a little bit because okay. this is, Jesus is praying now. I don't think we mentioned that. Okay. But so he had this long discourse conversation with his disciples. And now this chapter, he's shifting and he's praying here initially for himself um, and then prays for his disciples. So this is in the section where he is just talking to the father, sharing, um, and and definitely wow, includes wow. some teaching elements there yeah. too with describing eternal life. But in verse four, then he goes on and he says, again, in prayer with the father, I've glorified you on the earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And I love that Jesus finished the job. Yeah. Well, I do love a good uh, task list and marking <laughs> those checks when you get say, them I done. You, I know you love and here's your, Jesus. your task list. He's so. coming. He, and I mean, ultimately, we know his death on the cross and his resurrection is the real final task list of his time here on earth. But I love that, that he 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 knew his purpose and he has gotten the thing done. Yeah. Um, I looked back through the Gospels. I did a little word study on the word came related to Jesus when he came. And, and, and it's so interesting that multiple times he describes why he came. Yeah. And so these are all the things that he uh, accomplished, what he completed. Um, I'll kind of run through them quickly, but Luke 2.49, Jesus says, he was here to do his father's business. Luke 19.10, he came to seek and save the lost. John 10.10, 10, he came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Matthew 9.13, he came to call the sinners. Luke 4.18, he came to proclaim good news to the poor liberty to the captives, recovery of sight for the blind. Like one, love all that Jesus did right, by coming. Exactly. All of those things that he accomplished. That's scholarly work right there. I mean, I, well, I, that's good Bible study. Thank you. And it wasn't that hard. I would encourage anybody, if you're curious about something, because that yeah. is how it happened. I read that verse, completing the work. And yes, I do love a to-do list. So I was like, <laughs> well, I wonder what he set out to do. And sure enough, he, he, he mentions that very specifically, what he came to do. And then... Just how amazing is that? All that Jesus did. Um, he knew his purpose and he got the work done. Yeah. You know, this is, um, you know, that that's a, a really, really good bridge. Um, Jesus was so focused on his work, his purpose, what God had for him, and he didn't let anything stop him from accomplishing that. There are a number of people who try to stop him from doing his work, uh, Satan himself, religious leaders, and yet Jesus was really focused. And that, that just that conjures up a question in me, like, man, what is my purpose? Mm-hmm. Um, why do I exist as, um, you know, as a human being, but also as a follower of Jesus? And what is the purpose? Uh, what is the work God has given me to do? And, and do I know it? And if I know it, am I as focused as Jesus was in accomplishing what God has given me? And I think it's a really good question, not just for me, not, for, not just for you, but everyone who's listening, you know, even ask, begin and ask the question, God, what do you, what do you, what have you called me to do? Who have you called me to be? Um, and um, and and one day when we get ready, you know, to die as well, we're having conversations with our family members and friends. We would be able to say, um, we've accomplished all that God has given us to do. And Carolyn, you'll be able to check that lit, check that off the list. Yep. Say, I've accomplished. All that God has called me to do, and I think that's a great. It's just a. It's it's a great reminder, in that verse that Jesus accomplished everything God, uh, His Father, gave Him. Yeah. Um. What else stands out to you? 
from this section? Well, I think one of the things that uh, Jesus um, in in this section of John 17, um, he, he talked about, he, he's praying, you're right, he's praying, and he said, you know, I have given my uh, I have given my disciples everything you've given me. So there's a sense of stewardship. He mm-hmm. gave them the word and he gave them obviously the spirit and and so Jesus recognizes that the Father had given these men to him to train them, to invest in them, to disciple them. And and he said I, I I've done a good job in investing in and stewarding all that you've given me. And stewardship is a big word for I've managed well. I've taken care of all that you've given me. And I love the fact that Jesus considers himself a steward. Mm-hmm. And um, it started me thinking about my, you know, my own stewardship as a parent, my own stewardship as a, you know, as a pastor. Um, what am I investing in the individuals around me? Mm-hmm. What am I giving to them? And am I a good steward? Um, and that I, you know, I, I have to admit some days, um, you know, I'm focused more on me than focused on putting and investing in those around me. And so this was a, a good, good reminder that, um, that I'm a steward and God has placed people in my care. And um, what does it look like for me to be a good steward over those relationships? Am I giving my kids the word um, like Jesus gave his disciples the word? And so those, that was one of the things for me that, that stood out in this. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you, what do you, what yeah, do you think about that? Yeah, that's good. And I think, um, and Jesus saw the multiplication that happened yeah. through his investment. And I think that is true for us as well. You know, we might be tempted, whether it's people in our care or resources, finances, even our time to protect it, buried in the ground, like Jesus talked about in the, the parable, yeah. you know, and just hold on to it tightly, but then we miss out on that opportunity, well, for it to be used, but also for it to be multiplied. Yeah. And Jesus is expressing like that, that joy and that satisfaction. Like, yeah, I have invested well and well, and he knows they're just getting started. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. He's going to ascend into heaven and this early church is going to take off. Yeah. Um, and so he, he knows of that return on his investment. That same thing can be true for us. The hoarding, the protecting, the self-serving. Well, yeah. we're just going to shortchange ourselves on, on yeah. the opportunities there are. Yeah, I, I think along with that, um, what, what struck me um, was this sense of Jesus simply doing what he was called to do and then letting the Spirit of God work in the lives of the men that he called. He didn't, as you mentioned, he didn't hover over them. He didn't try to protect them, per se. Um, he says, I'm going to invest, and then I'm going to release. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to trust the Spirit of God to do the work in their lives to carry out the mission that um, that I've that I've given them. And I, I know for me... Particularly as a parent, when I, when my kids were younger, uh, and this this is probably true of not just with my kids, but with other things that I've led as well. Um, like, I, I want to make sure that they get it, and I, I want to protect them, and I want to. All right, did you get it? You better do this. You better do this. And 
and I then I began to play the role of the Holy Spirit, and mm-hmm. I think that never works out well. And how much do I trust that the Spirit of God, who's living in them, is going to work on their behalf? And I just simply need to be faithful over the deposits. And so that was a that was another thing that struck me, you know, whether as a as a father or as a pastor or as a leader. Let me be faithful over the deposits and really trust the Spirit of God to work in their lives. Yeah, Jesus really does give us a good model for how we can pray for people in our care, whether that's our children, whether it's other children who we um, have influence in. Um, Maybe it's our small group. Maybe it's a disciple-making relationship. That I think that is huge. And the temptation, and it comes out of a... A, a loving heart. It's a good heart. Yeah, absolutely. It is. To, absolutely. I mean, I was actually talking to Caitlin about this just a couple of weeks ago because she's a, count, a camp counselor this summer and was expressed, you know, like, well, I just hope I say all the right things and communicate what I need to communicate and, th- and that they have a great experience. And I totally remember because I worked at a camp, I remember feeling this weight of this is the, in this one week of time, I have to say all the things. And what if this is their only spiritual experience, you know, and the Lord taught me, no, that's, that's my job. You know, you be faithful with that time that you have with those campers or as a parent or with, in a relationship in a disciple making relationship, you be faithful in your part and but our job is not to transform someone's heart or to see the specific thing. I mean, well, we don't, it doesn't even have to be spiritual. We might be very, very focused on our child's basketball career or yeah. their SAT score or yeah. anything that we try to move in again out of a, a heart um, that it that cares but it's very misguided yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we are micromanaging like that. <laughs> I, I want to pick up something just a, a tad bit on what you said about um, that, that Jesus is, you, you said it earlier, Jesus is praying now. And, mm-hmm. and it just, it, it struck me as I was reading and as I heard you, like Jesus is actually praying and the disciples are hearing him pray for them yeah. in this way. Yeah. And his prayers are not... To the point where John's written it down. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know that he was sitting right there, but <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah. they were very in- aware of it. And and I would imagine they're listening to the prayer saying, like, everything he's praying, he actually did. Hmm. It, he wasn't, like, praying and then lying in his prayers. Mm-hmm. He was like, no, Jesus, like, he did give us the word. Oh, oh, he did actually uh, talk to us about eternal life. Oh, oh, he did do so. So I, I find it interesting that um, whereas we're not to do what Matthew says or what Jesus says in Matthew six, do your praying before people, but but our kids and those who are closest to us should catch us praying sometimes, mm. and in a way that says, like, no, he's he's a, he or she is actually they're praying for me, and they're praying for these things for me, which I found, again, pretty fascinating. And I think, again, modeling a way to pray as Jesus prayed for them, but modeling a way to pray for others as well. I love Mm -hmm, that. mm -hmm. Well, there's a lot more we could talk about here, Um, but we are coming to the end of our time. So what can we believe about God, ourselves, and others from this passage? Yeah, I think one of the things is... um, uh, 
Jesus wants us to have eternal life. And eternal life is knowing Him and knowing the Father. It does include He wants us to have a life that's lived forever. But I think, uh, not I think, but I know um, that God wants us to have a quality of life, an abundant life, even down here as a foretaste of what's to come. Yeah. And... Well, this is not a happy note to land on, but I, but it's true. And it, it is something reflective that we've talked about in other episodes. Um, that idea is Jesus is praying for his disciples. He is not praying that they're protected and isolated and separate from any hardship or, I mean, as parents, we might right. wish that for our kids. I don't want them to ever experience anything difficult in their entire lives. But Jesus here is modeling, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm sending them into the world yeah. and he's praying for their protection, but they're in it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that's an important, that's something that's true for us too, to know, yep, in this world, we will have trouble. But as we said in the last episode, Jesus has overcome it. And here too, again, we see that, but he is with us and that and it, it is a great model of how we can be praying for others as well. Not praying that they never experience challenge, yeah. whether that's our kids other people in our lives are praying for, but that they would see God, they would experience that eternal life absolutely, amidst whatever it is they're going through. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, friends, take time, if you have not done so, to rate and review the podcast. You can do that on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and it really helps other people find the podcast so they can learn and benefit from it too. 